Joan Jett once said, It was a social thing, what women were allowed to do. At a very young age, I decided I was not going to follow women's rules. And Joan Jett didn't follow social rules, nor did Susie Quattro, Patti Smith, Kathleen Hanna, the Go-Go's, and hundreds of other ass-kicking, cord-smashing, gender-bending, glass-ceiling-breaking female rockers. In this set, the Bonsai Boys, Jay and Travis, explore questions such as what ingredients do ladies add to rock and roll? What unique challenges do they face? And what makes them so damn cool? Welcome to the Ladies of Rock set. So, uh, Jay, uh, my mom was actually in a, a band, in a band. I think no. she was in several bands, but she was, uh, what? she's a musician, man. Like she, like she's in, she's 75. She just turned 75 this year. Happy birthday, mom. Uh, and she, when she grew up, she basically taught herself guitar, right? Uh, she had an old, like cheap ass folk guitar and she like learned, just taught herself how to like finger pick, you know, too, like that. You know, you're, the thumb strumming, the, the finger picking, which I could never yeah, do. Yeah. Uh, she played drums, a little bit of drums, and then plays piano. Wow. So growing up, like, she'd play piano for us. Like, I remember Moon River being a big song that we would she'd always play. And, and she would play, uh, like, uh, folk music, like, uh, uh, kind of sometimes like John Denver stuff or sometimes even like, like leaving on a jet plane or um, uh, like Peter, Paul Peter, and Mary. Peter, Paul and Mary, but also like kind of some Irish stuff. Like I'm trying to think of who does that a long time ago when the earth was green. There were, it's like the, not the rounders, but uh, kind of an Irish folk band that was, uh, uh, or green, green pack, back of dollars or whatever it is. Anyways. So, when we were kids, she would tell us that she was in this group. You want to know the name of the group? I do. It was called the Out to Lunch Bunch. <laughs> now, when you're a kid and your mom tells you that you're in a band, because when I started doing bands in, in high school, she's like, you know, I was in a band. You know, and I was like, oh, yeah, mom, what was your band? She's like, we were called the Out to Lunch Bunch. And I was like, that's fucking lame. <laughs> But now that I'm older, I'm like, that's pretty dope. Like, she was in a band. <laughs> She'd play in, like, little pubs and, and, like, places like that. It was her and a bunch of other female. Uh, I think everyone in the band was female. I think it's kind of like a folk band, you know, like a Joan uh -huh. Baez style kind of, like, you know, brunch band. Out to lunch brunch, a bunch. But it made me think about, it made me think, yeah, I almost want to, like, start another band and call it the Out to Lunch Bunch just as like an homage <laughs> like, like I feel I feel like that's pretty <laughs> punk rock right there we're the out the lunch and we just wear like uh, like I don't know Kirk Cobain style just like brunch female brunch attire or something like that <laughs> the like ladies who lunch moves. yeah um, but it made me think about what if your mom and like my mom who was born in the 1940s what if your mom was like in a band in like the 1980s or the night the, the 80s or 90s and she was in a punk band like a like a hardcore punk band or a uh fast paced like in your face band what would it be like growing up with a mom like that i don't know man i think i think if 
you're if if my mom wasn't a poser, she'd be a pretty rough lady to to get along with. You know, because then then you know they're not going to be there a lot of the times. They're going to be out scening, being seen and scene stirring, and you know doing whatever. Yeah, they're not going to be home with you watching cartoons or helping you with your homework or, or you know whatever. So I think it might kind of suck. Yeah, actually, that, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Some of these women we're going to talk about today did have kids, you know? Yeah. Uh, 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 and so interesting on there. Yeah, I guess it would it would suck. And it's also like, your mom's cooler than you? Like, yeah, in, in yeah. the big scheme of things? It's yeah. like, well, if my mom was like, if my mom was like Alice Bag or... Uh, what if your what if your you mom know, was Wendy like O. Williams? Yeah. What if your mom was Wendy O. Williams? <laughs> that would be tough to live down. Mom, put your tits away. My friends are coming over. <laughs> Get put the chainsaw away. It smells like gasoline. Oh, mom, you left your riding crop in the living room again. <laughs> Billy picked it up that, and started hitting us. Is that Lemmy on the couch again? Come on. <laughs> Welcome to the Pop Bonsai Podcast. Jay, we got into it quick today because we got a lot yeah. to talk about. We've got four rock docs. Four rock docs. Yeah, four rock docs we're talking about for our part two of our Ladies of Rock set. Uh, part one, we looked at um, the uh, album Horses by Patti Smith. Horses. So, horses. 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 <laughs> and so, if you haven't heard that one, we introduced some ideas of what we kind of thought about. You know, Patti Smith as a female rocker and and kind of creating her own genre and influencing so many artists in a time when there weren't a lot of female-fronted singer-songwriters doing that. And so today we're going to continue that, but not with looking at an album, but with looking at careers. And we're going to look at the careers of four different uh, female rockers uh, through the last, oh, 40 years now, they kind of encompass. Um, and so we got a couple of them in no particular order. We're going to be looking at, uh, we watched the Go-Go's 2020 documentary called The Go-Go's. It's just called The Go-Go's. That's the most, I think, recent doc uh, that we that we watched, The Go-Go's 2020 documentary. Uh, and mm-hmm. we watched a documentary, the 2019 documentary called Susie Q, which is about Susie Quattro. Uh, and what else did we watch, Jay? <clears throat> and we also watched uh, the 2018 documentary on Hulu called Bad Reputation. Uh, it's about Joan Jett. And um, lastly, the 2013 documentary called um, The Punk Singer about uh, Kathleen uh, Kathleen Hanna and uh, singer for Bikini Kill. Uh, that's on Netflix. And we'll be talking about that too. Interesting that the newest of the four artists we're going to talk about has the oldest dated doc. 
Yeah, that is I want to do fun. a rock doc. Uh, who are we going to do it on? Uh, Kathleen Hanna. Well, maybe Joan Jett? Nah, I think Kathleen. Well, how about Susie Quattro? I mean, no Susie Quattro. There's no Kathleen Hanna. No, nah, I think uh, Kathleen <laughs> Hanna. Well, what about the Go-Go's? I mean, they were, they were kind of, yeah, I'm thinking Kathleen Hanna. You know? She, she, yeah, yeah. Because then we could put, like, a lot of guys she fucked in the doc. <laughs> There's so many in between that, though. I mean, you could have done, like, L7 or, you know. Yeah. Hole. Well, I don't know about hole, but I think we've yeah. had enough. About I think we've had some corny love docs. You know, we've seen her. She likes to squeeze her way into a lot of things. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, all right. So I have consumed these four docs in the period of two weeks. Uh, and it, it's been very interesting watching them back to back like this. And I highly recommend if you've seen one of these docs, we haven't seen the others. Or you've seen a couple of them. I highly recommend taking a journey into the genre of female rock docs, because a lot of these women that we just talked, we introduced, they speak on each other's rock docs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. And all four of these women are still alive. Mm hmm. So. Uh, well, Jay, you, you, you sent me something uh, that I laughed at. We talked about off air last time uh, about rock docs. Who is the, who is the guy we're always going to see in a rock doc? Pretty much no matter what genre it is. So, so <laughs> speaking of s squeezing yourself in things, Henry Rollins seems to be a, uh, a constant on every rock doc from the the Bee Gees to bad brains <laughs> yeah so i mean he's yeah, el he's an articulate el uh, you know eloquent guy you know oh, yeah. uh, so i get it you know and he's he was in the scene he he he's embraced different genres he can talk about them but he isn't everything the 90s version of that we talked about i forget the guy's name but you know it uh the guy from anthrax uh, oh, Scott Ian. Scott Ian, Ian from Anthrax. The female version of that might be Joan Jett. <laughs> the female version of these might be Joan Jett. We can't forget Dave Grohl. Dave David Grohl, yeah. Around. But he like gets like the nerdy ones that are about like, you know, sound systems and like uh, percussion and like all that stuff. So, um, so we looked at these four rock docs and... It's interesting because, as we said, you know, 2019, 2020, and two, uh, 2019, 2020, and 2021, or around... The punk scene was 2013. Yeah, that was the oldest one. But a lot, three of them have come out in, like, the last three years, uh, which really kind of coincides with this, uh, you know, the peak maybe of fourth wave. Some people might argue a fifth wave is kind of a feminism tidal wave of this where it's like, hey, you know, let's start looking at these women, what they've influenced, not just for other women, but just in the genres that they are producing in, uh, in this case, rock and, and punk. Um, and let's take a look at them in different ways. Now, I think all four of these docs really take a very similar approach. So as we go through them, we're gonna talk about these artists individually, but we're also gonna talk about how the doc handles them, what they tend to focus on as far as what it comes to it. How many of them are focusing mm. on these artists as females breaking their way into the industry? How many of them are focusing on, the, on them as uh, uh, musicians? 
uh, and how many of them are focusing them on as brands, maybe, or, or, or things like that. So it'll be interesting as we kind of get through here. I'm interested to see what kind of connections we're going to make between these four rock docs. So I think, Jane, you can, you can, you can call an audible. I think we should start with the, we should go from the oldest rockers to the newest rockers on okay. the scene. So that would mean, I believe, Susie Quattro gets first. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Now, we each picked two docs. Uh, and this was one of the ones that I picked because I am a Susie Quattro fan. Especially this last year, I've kind of re-dipped myself into her catalog. And then in dipping myself into that catalog, I came across this. I was watching a lot of her old videos because there's some great Susie Quattro videos that are on YouTube of her performing live. Uh, like, for example, uh, when she does, um, uh, uh, can the man, you know, um, on the, what's that British top of top of the pops. Uh huh. And you could see that video and it's so well produced and it's so high def. It's, it's fan. And she's just electric coming off the screen in her fucking cat suit man like no. i here's i know i we're gonna get right into showing this shit right here let's just get it out of the way <laughs> but other the other day at work i was eating lunch with with teachers and one of the uh female teachers was like hey rats what kind of what kind of chick that you do you like i don't think she used the word chick uh what kind of women do you like i go i you know i i i'm pretty open to to anything and i go i tend to find myself not being like oh you know this person is just generally gorgeous and like that's my type as opposed to i'm very specific i'll i will say like uh michelle pfeiffer in you know um Batman returns or you know um that's not, that's not the best michelle pfeiffer but um or it's close. but I like so I had just been, you know, going through the Susie Quattro run and I had said Susie Quattro in the top of the pops video can the man because other Susie Quattro, not my visually my type, but in that video, she is a, a magnetic and sexy and rocking and talented. And I'm just like that right there. And like, oh, you like Susie, like Susie Quattro type. I'm like, no, no, no. Don't search up other photos. This video right here. Yeah, yeah. This is what I want. <laughs> so I get very specific in my types. What is your What is your experience with Susie Quattro? Do you, are you a fan? Are you not a fan? You won't hurt my feelings, Jay. I actually am a fan. Um, I first saw her. I first had a crush on her when she was on Happy Days, and I used to watch Happy Days. And I asked my mom. You know, I'm like, uh, Hey, mom, who Who's that lady in that leather outfit? Mamacita. And she Le Larito. <laughs> he goes, I cochino, Jay. <laughs> Go take a cold shower. <laughs> no. So so she said, Oh, that's that's <laughs> that's Susie Quattro. She's actually, you know, she's a musician. And I'm like, oh, you don't say. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I used to watch them and I, those were like always my favorite happy days episodes. And because yeah, there is something about her. She is, and, and you know what? They said it in in her documentary. She's an attractive person, but she doesn't overuse her sexiness. No, yeah, you know, and and, and I think that there's something about that right, just in that right there that that makes her a little magnetic. She doesn't wear a lot of makeup. She does. I mean, she mm -hmm. has these. You know, her hair is like, not overly. 
floof. You know, her big thing was these cat suits, but I mean, it's not like a cat suit is like, you know, a lot of skin and it's the opposite of it. You know, it's like right. you can zip it down a little bit and, and it, you know, certainly is tight and, and, and everything like that. But it is, and she's this tiny little girl. And they talk about this in the doc, how she played this yeah. big, heavy bass that her dad got her that it would almost weighed as much as she did, if not more, this huge bass. And as a, as a bass player growing up when I was like four, eight and got my first bass, those things are cumbersome if you're not a big guy. You know, you tend to see mm-hmm. a lot of bass players and bands being some, somewhat of bigger guys just to get their fingers yeah. around it, weight it, slap it down. And here she is. Yeah, this, the chords being able yeah. to work with the strings are just are way thicker. You've got to pull. I remember when I first started having to pluck those strings, so I was finger picking as well. Like, and I respect that. And they mentioned that, that she doesn't play with a pick. She, she jazz basses that shit. She boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Which I remember when I was in bands trying to sing and finger pick was really tough. Like doing that rhythm with the finger picking. It is tougher to do that than when you're playing bass with a pick. I think I will say, you might be, you might be able to make an argument with the Go-Go's we're going to talk about. But I think of our four rockers, I think she is probably the most talented instrumental musician of our four i i I think i agree with that yeah i I mean there were parts in that documentary and you know granted i like Susie quattro i have a great amount of respect for it but i haven't you know other than the first couple lps i don't really know a whole lot because it kind of went into like overproduced yeah like disco disco. yeah but there were parts in that in that documentary, dude, where she was wailing on that bass. And I yeah. was like, dang. You know, but you know, the funny thing is, I just want to back up just a little bit when you said yeah, several times it was mentioned that Susie Quattro was a tiny little girl with a and then it was funny when Henry Winkler said that, uh, she's like, Oh, so much power came from such a little package. And I'm and then they showed a picture of her standing next to him. I'm like, dude, you're the oh, same height yeah. she is. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, Winkler's small. He's a small guy. Um, so, uh, uh, and also, you know, she, you know, all the rest of the people talk about Susie Quattro as being an influence. The Go-Go's, uh, maybe not Kathleen Hanna. They don't really talk about her influences as much as some of the other docs. Joan Jett certainly does. She was coming up right behind Susie Quattro. In fact, that they say that she was kind of mimicking Susie Quattro the way that Dylan did Guthrie. You know, uh, where it's just I'm gonna I'm gonna stand like her. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, you know all the same hairstyle, the same you know everything is the same on there. But it's important to understand that Susie Quattro was in a band with her sisters, and they were playing kind of punk rock before punk rock, like MC Five type stuff, uh, where it was the stuff they were singing about was like kind of like suicide or like rebelling and shit like that when they were just kind of like a, the post sixties girl groups, you know, in the Mm seventies, when they, when they came around the seventies, it was kind of like a post sixties group, but they were edgier to that. Yeah. um, Well, yeah, there, she was in that band, her and her sisters in that band of pleasure seekers who were like, even the name is, even the name is, is like a little bit uh, risque. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Not like, a gosh, little that's bit. Really yeah, but I mean, especially for back then, yeah. you know, I would have been like, "Gosh, I'm surprised." You know, they let you guys, do, you know, do what you did back then. But yeah, they were like a '60s garage uh, type band and kind of raw, which gave them like an edge. And then I think 
they're more like like Jefferson Airplane type band. Mm-hmm. Cradle was, which they were all like kind of dressed up like Grace Slick kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Well, back to her, her idea of being this really good bass player, really having that rhythm, really, really making that. And then the producers really decided to make the bass a heavily featured in the songs as opposed yeah. to burying it is I don't, I, I think one of the, the underlying themes in this, this is that when we talk about female rockers, very rarely is their instrumental talent talked about in the way that you would a, a, a male artist. Because a male art, you know, female rockers, it's like, well, and then she broke through barriers and glass ceilings and she used her sex or she didn't use her sex. But here, you know, I think they could have gone into a little bit more. They did acknowledge the fact that she was this talented musician. I think they could have done it more. uh, But I think that is something you see a lot with female musicians, not singers, but musicians is they... Oftentimes, I, I, we started seeing a little bit more like in the 2000s, with like Meg White as like a uh, uh, capable drummer, you know, like uh-huh. and doing interesting things on a drum, evolving her instrument and, and doing a lot with that and sound. But you don't see that as much when it comes to talking about female instrumental musicians. And it was it was nice to see that. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that females that's not who are musicians, their musicianship oftentimes is what's buried? Um, well, <clears throat> I'll give you an example of why these three out of these four, because I feel like Susie Quattro was coming up in a time in rock music where musicianship was actually valued. It was actually kind of a thing where, <clears throat> you know, Clapton, Page, Jeff Beck, you know, people like that. And then like the Yardbirds and, you know, um, and you look at the Go-Go's, came up in punk. Nobody cares. Uh, Joan Jett, it's it's almost in punk. Not quite. But again, I think I think that Runaways used uh, Cherry Curry's like, sexuality a lot. Maybe, you know. Um, and then same thing with Kathleen Hanna. Bikini Kill, punk. Nobody cares. Yeah. Um, but as far as like the bigger scope, I, I think, honestly... I think um, people think that the producers or promoters, whether sex sells, mm-hmm. which they're not wrong, and nobody cares. Nobody wants to see, you know, <clears throat> everybody wants, you know, Gwen Stefani as opposed to, you know, some whoever else. I can't think of her, any contemporaries that, but Mama Cass. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's unfortunate, but I think that kind of stuff gets, gets, picked up and thrown to the masses well yeah and of those the four that we talked about uh susie quattro was maybe one of the few that was actually a competent musician before she kind of started the band because she kind of formed that band around her sisters who were also playing you know like uh musicians as well as opposed to the rest of them like joan jett and and the rest of them who are like these decided to start the go-go's kathleen hannah they just jumped in a band then they learned how to play their instruments yeah it's yeah. like Which they all classic, they all suck. Yeah, classic punk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Let's form a band. Oh yeah. Then now let's play learn to play our instruments. <laughs> well, yeah, because I think because people like Susie Quattro, who were musicians who started playing music that was a bit edgier and a bit the foundations of punk, these people are like, they wanted to be that that woman more than they wanted to be a musician. 
So it's like, right. well, she's in a band. So first you form a band. Then I guess we got to learn our instruments, <laughs> yeah. you know, to, to, to keep up the, the, uh, the image, to step into those shoes. Let's start the band first. And you really see that as a really punk rock thing to do is just like building, you know, uh, building the plane as you're flying it, you know, or, or jumping off the cliff and then building wings on the way down uh type thing so yeah well she yeah her father was uh <clears throat> her father played played in a in bands and w- was uh very musically inclined and <clears throat> if i'm not mistaken it, that in the documentary she asked to play a bass and then realized hey i really like doing this mm-hmm. i want to do it some you know like it spoke to her the 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 instrument spoke to her as opposed to like music. You know, we like need a we need a bass or... player. Uh, we're starting a punk band. You're gonna play bass. You're, which is how, how I I I got started. <laughs> you know, it was like, I guess you're gonna play bass, Travis. I'm like, I guess I gotta get a bass. <laughs> You'll be the guitar player with Mystique. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody order a love burger? Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of the interesting things that was interesting. On the sadder parts of this was like her sisters, who she kind of was poached from, yeah, uh, to be the frontman of her band. Even now, there's animosity. Even now, Susie Quattro and her sisters don't like her sisters said, like, I'm never, I'm not going to be a Susie Quattro fan. I will never be a Susie Quattro fan. That's like harsh. she's making it real clear that, like, it could have been any of us. So I cannot be her fan because it's it would be giving her too much credit. It would be saying she's better or more competent or or something than I am. I can't even imagine, dude, what that would be. It's like like the rocker only like in reverse. Remember yeah. that movie, the rocker? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. I I don't I can't. I mean, there's an argument either way. I mean, you know, sometimes you have to you know, go where, you know, the road takes you and don't let anybody hold you and your art or what your dreams back. But, you know, then there's the, the other argument where like, man, it's like you just screwed over your family and right. friends. And, I mean, how could you ever go back? The last thing I'll say about Susie Quattro is the fact that before the idea of what selling out was, um, Susie Quattro was a female musician who, like you said, did get into television, was a major feature in Happy Days for like two or three seasons, and then went on to do a lot of Broadway Mm -hmm. uh, and things like that. And uh, much to the chagrin of her husband, who who was a musician from England who played in uh, her band. And... Um, she struck me when you listen to her talk, she, <laughs> we talked about this last time, how I, I said that I love all these, uh, people's music to a degree. Um, and, but I don't necessarily would want to have dinner with all of them or, or have a conversation with all of them. And Susie Quattro is a lot. <laughs> She's a it lot. reminds me of, it reminds me of that part in, in Groundhog Day when, when Bill Murray looks to Andy McDowell and goes, gosh, you're an upbeat lady. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. You know, it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Su- Susie Quattro is a Susie Quattro fan. And <laughs> Susie Quattro has a tremendous amount of belief in herself, which probably allowed her to accomplish so much it is on here. Uh, and now she's like making music with her son. And at one point there was this weird thing where it was like, she's like, I didn't want to do anything with him for the longest time. I know. And I was like, damn girl. <laughs> I know. She's just like, yeah, my son approached me and said he wanted to write music for years, me. for years. I, I didn't feel like it was the right time. I'm like, what? Why? Yeah. If I sat down with a guitar and I was like, Hey mom, you know how you're going to out the lunch bunch? Uh, can we jam? She'd be like, absolutely. Like, that would be like, it would be like the highlight. She'd be like, yes. Even if I was just like, and I'm, uh, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Love to have his fun. You know, she'd be she like, yeah. Say, no, no, Travis, no. Let's, just, let's just record it. Time. Let's put it on the online. And I'd be like, thank you. Thank you. So. Wait for, wait for the right time, Travis. <laughs> now it's wait till you just go back in your room. Go back to your room. <laughs> Play your little little tykes piano and just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be like you, mom. All right, so uh, Susie Quattro, let's move into the Joan Jet doc. I'll let you introduce that, Jack. Okay, so this Joan Jet documentary is called Bad Reputation. Came out in 2018, and as far as I know, <clears throat> it's streaming on Hulu maybe exclusively um there's a couple other documentaries on there that were pretty cool i know there's a joe strummer one and stuff but um joan jet like um suzy quattro i was actually introduced by uh by film um the first time i ever saw i ever saw joan jet was in that movie um light of day with uh, michael j fox where she played um, his sister and they were in a small band and they were in like, it was a small bar band. And um, she was basically playing herself in, in light of day. And um, again, I developed a crush on her. (laughs) Like, gosh, she's so tough. And she's, she's just so confident. She doesn't let, she doesn't take shit from anybody, you know? And, and I, I think that's the kind that, that, kind of person kind of shaped the way uh like my like what i look for in a mate mm. um is is people like like that you know joan just don't jet is my fate it seems to be my we talked about Susie quattro i feel like maybe it'd be a, a little hard for me personally to like gel with joan jet is the exact opposite joan jet is i i've always loved her music you know i mean i mean she i mean these kind of uh uh bubblegum they call it like in the doc to talk about bubblegum rock right the idea of and i love you know me like i love that shit like that that yeah. almost like novel you can call it novelty rock or, or whatever it is but they they in this doc they call it bubblegum rock had like it's run in like the the late 60s and, and 70s um and taking that putting it through this edgier lens and getting like, I saw him dancing there by the record machine, you know, or bad reputation, these short, fun, spunky songs. Uh, and she's so down to earth. She's so chill. She is so authentic. 
There's yeah. not a chip on her shoulder. It doesn't feel right. like as as there <clears throat> is the other people in the dock. So we, she, out of all of these uh, singers, we're talking uh, these bands we're talking about today. She seems to have the greatest idea of who she is. And she talks about something very interesting. Some of these other people tend to be mothers, have been mothers at some point, uh, or, or started a family like Susie Quattro. That was a big balancing act. Joan Jett was very early on, she's like, you know, talked about in this doc about how people ask her, you want to have kids or should maybe you should have kids? And that was always brought up in interviews. And she goes, no. Like, I know if I was going to do this, it was going to be this lifestyle it was going to take this commitment. It was going to take this dedication. And I decided that early on and I went for it. So she really had a sense of who she was early on. And of course, you know, record companies come in and they they help you. They, they tinker with that. And, you know, they help you find your sound. And sometimes you go astray and sometimes you hit it right on the nose. But she herself is you know, very open about her addictions and, and getting over that. She's very complimentary to her predecessors, to her contemporaries, and to those she's influenced. She does not talk about herself in a highfalutin way. She does not, there's no bitterness there. There's no like, oh, this obviously came from me or whatever it is. It's, it's all just about the music and about creating the best sound and, and the best feeling and the best vibe and, and living, um, you know, this lifestyle. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is, is that I don't think she gets intimidated easily. I don't think, you know, she doesn't get intimidated by um, the up and comers, you know, she doesn't, she, she's a, she, she, okay. I said this in, uh, before. I don't remember if it was on this podcast again, but in in my opinion, if if rock and roll could be a person, it would be Joan Jett. Hmm. I don't think it has been on this one. So exclusive. You well, know, not yeah. exclusive. Uh, check in Jay's past podcast <laughs> records. Like I think she just. I think you said that. Didn't you say that to your? Didn't you say that to your boss in your last uh, job evaluation? Isn't that? Isn't that? That might be where it came up. Well, I said that about myself, though. Jay, we're looking at your reports here. Looks like uh, your numbers are good, and it looks like everything's going in here. Um, So we're gonna give you promotion, and you're like, listen, Joan Jett might be the embodiment (laughs) of rock and roll. I said that about myself though in my my interview. Yeah. (laughs) What else was there about you that you want? Well, you see, I am rock and roll. You gave you gave a Lester Bangs uh, uh, monologue about it. But guess who? The, the drunken buffoon posing as poets. Give me Joan Jett. She has the courage to be drunken a uh, drunken buffoon. That's what makes her poetic. Iggy Pop. It's a little early in the morning, isn't it, Jay? Not for me. <laughs> but I do. She she. It's just like she gets it. You know, she she gets it, and she just wants to live it and spread it around you know and and she doesn't she's not intimidated she's not she doesn't get she doesn't care um, about her bad reputation she really she really doesn't care about her bad reputation true words have never been spoken except for once somewhere before i can't remember where oh uh but anyway (laughs) but um yeah that's the thing i think that makes her kind of unique is that 
she just she's very spirited about rock and roll. And, and one of the things it. they make uh, clear in this doc is, you know, uh, coming uh, from her her, her uh, band, right, um, and the Runaways is when that she had to become the front man to this front woman to this band that was extremely popular due to their front woman. Uh, mm. And that's a hard transition to make is when you, you keep the band, but you transition the singers, you know? And I think the Runaways might have been better if Joan Jett was the front woman to begin with. I mean, you think of like a hit like yeah, Cherry no. Bomb. It certainly wouldn't have. I don't think it would have been as over sexualized. I think it would. She has brings a more, much more masculine vibe, Joan Jett. Mm-hmm. But as far as the 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 song, maybe I don't know. Maybe uh, I don't know. I don't know. That, that's I, I maybe maybe I shouldn't play like the what if, but it could be. It could be no, Cherry Bomb. Could it be Can't Stay at Home? Can't Stay in School. Is she not singing yeah. those lyrics? She's not. She's not doing that verse, is she? In the Runaway, song? I think she might. She might. I, I think it she does might. sound like because as I was singing, as I was singing it, I'm like, wait a minute, that does sound exactly. I think Joan Jett might actually sing that verse. <laughs> and I think it's on like one of her early records, um, mm. but. But yeah, but can you imagine how many more cherry bombs there could have been? <clears throat> you know? Hello. Yeah, that is definitely Joja. Hello. This sounds just like her. Yeah, this is Joja. My bad. Erase that part. Travis, <laughs> delete that. Make yourself sound smarter. Um, what's your favorite Joan Jett song? Ooh. Well, if it wasn't... Uh, I want to say Bad Reputation, but yeah. it's just been, you know... It's so it's good though. I was just listening to it on a jog the other day, like oh, like like a, tw- a twenty-five minute jog, just just on repeat. I don't know, I can't. I mean, there's no there's no Green Day, there's no fucking Joe Jet. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, some of the like the Gary Glitter songs that she does, some of like the covers. Um, I was gonna put really Crimson cool. and Clover is. Yeah, a way better version than the original version. It's so epic and surrounding. Don't I know? That is the I'm falling in love fucking moment. And then the doc, they talk about they didn't change the pronoun she. Yes, yes. And that was a big thing. But I think I could love her. You know, sometimes when they would take, when you take a uh, uh, a cover that has male pronouns in it and a female, or uh, uh, female pronouns in it, and a uh, female band does it, they'll change it to he, and vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, she she kept it, and such a brilliant move because that guy punk rock bass fan uh, fans. That song still works for the heteronormative right. male who's like, I can't listen to it. Like, uh, you know, like, for example, like uh, the um, I Love Rock and Roll when she's like, I saw him dancing there by the record machine. That's Here's the thing one. about that song. It's a great song. I know it's like the the number one if you look it up for her. For her. But when that song comes out on a, on a bar, and it will, go to a bar for 20 minutes, that song will come on. Um, 
still, I, for me, I am the guy by the record machine. I don't want to be, like, I want to be the one that Joan Jett sees and is like, I like, I like the cut of his jib. <laughs> you know, I knew, and I was always young looking. It's so like, knew he must have been around seven. Like, that was the dream is to have, like you said, like some cool ass fucking older punk rock chick, like, dig your style, see something in you, and coming over. I, I didn't, I didn't, I never thought of this song as like, well, this is a song about a girl who's like, wants to fuck this, this guy. I'm like, yeah, I want to be that guy. <laughs> and I will rock out to that song in like I'll I'll be the sub in this relationship. <laughs> I'm gonna be, yeah, I'm gonna be the sub in this song. I was I am completely acceptable being the bottom, uh, you know, like the, the submissive in a Joan Jet song. <laughs> if I ever met her, even today, old ass Joan Jet, I would be oh. like I would be like I'd be like where's the record machine? I'd be like. Like doing like the dumb and dumber like <laughs> butt move by the record machine of like, huh? Joan? Maybe? You think? <laughs> you got style, kid. <laughs> <laughs> you got style. I'm like, listen, I wanna be in this Joan Jet train. <laughs> I will blow cocaine into your butthole, girl. <laughs> Fleetwood Mac style. <laughs> <laughs> they so should what, what also you? speaking of which they should i just thought about this they should you know how we name marijuana strains we should definitely start naming crack stain strains and we should name it fleetwood crack would be the first one <laughs> right it would be like the maui wowie of crack it would be like such a dom like oh you get that fleetwood crack <laughs> well so. what, what about you what, what's joan jet songs oh i mean i gotta go bad reputation i was thinking about this uh you know i hate myself for loving you as great i mean you know, the, the top five are bangers no matter how yeah. like i never get tired listening to them if they come on it, it's they never become like a smells like teen spirit to me uh-huh smells like teen spirit yeah. is one like that's a fucking banger but you're like it's, it's lost all meaning it's lost all all sense of joy to it because i just heard it so much and and just doesn't have that quality to it but top five joan jett songs you know um uh, I love rock and roll. I hate myself for loving you. Bad reputation. Crimson and Clover. Um, these are all. Uh, I'm missing one on here. Let me let me uh, pull up my. This is Joan Jett. Um, I like Don't Abuse Me from like Don't Abuse Me is good. Um, but uh, you don't like, know what well, you've got. Yeah. Um. um that. Uh, oh yeah. Have you ever heard a? Of- You've heard of, you know, Jawbreaker, right? Have you ever yeah. heard Jawbreaker do that song? Mm-mm, no. Oh, dude. Anyway, um, I even liked uh, like the song Light of Day from the movie, even though I think Bruce Springsteen wrote that song for them, for her in particular. Uh, still a cool song. <laughs> hell yeah, man. Bruce, Bruce Springsteen's a fucking hell of a songwriter, man. I, I say yeah. Bruce Springsteen's a better songwriter than he is a performer. Well, not performer, <laughs> but like artist. Like that's his that I I feel like that is his strength songwriting. Yeah, yeah. He he could perform like a son. Of a I was gonna show. say yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 you see it. how you see how quickly I I took that back. I'm like, no, I, I think that's actually what he's known for the most. It's like <laughs> you know, like sweating and and shaking in his blue jeans oh, yeah. and keeping physically fit at whatever fucking age he is at. All right, so Joan Jet. That means we move into the. Vacation, na 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 na. Vacation, <laughs> da, na 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 na. All right, so the Go Go's doc, 2020. This is the most recent one, maybe the most stylish doc 
of the of the four. Yeah, yeah. With, I, I, when I was watching it, I, I kept thinking, like, this looks like a behind the music. Remember? Well, I mean, they had these really like... cool animation inserts in there that I thought was really great, and they had tons. I mean, tons of fantastic photos of these girls being their most punk rockish. Because when you think yeah. of the Go Go's, you think of them as kind of like an '80s pop band, right? You don't think of them as a rock and roll band or a punk rock band, and this. Doc really tries to pull the punk rock out of the Go-Go's. And I'm not like a huge Go-Go's fan. Uh, yeah. I mean, they don't have a huge catalog either. But uh, I found this doc fascinating. I, I, people have been recommending it to me. They're like, oh, you should watch this doc. It, I mean, for anything, at least it's like a cool looking, it's a stylish doc. And yeah. um, so th- what surprised me, and I, I really love how they dedicate a lot of time and the majority of the time to like their early career as forming as the Go-Go's in the L.A. punk scene, Jay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised by that? I knew that they were. Fuck you, in Jay. Fact, I, Fuck you, Jay. <laughs> in fact, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Belinda Carlisle was in the germs momentarily and had to leave for some health reason or something. And then, yeah, and then she started fronting the go-go's, but I could be totally wrong, but I think I remember reading that. Wasn't in the doc J. So I'm not going to, I'm not, yeah, I cannot, I, I, I cannot validate your, your uh, assertion there or deny it. And then what's weird is that Joan Jett produced the first germs record, which is kind of, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to rewrite this doc J and that's not what we're doing here. <laughs> But one thing that I what one of the things I found really interesting about this documentary was the story that um actually I don't remember if it was the guitar player because it wasn't Jane Weedland. It was one of the <clears throat> the guitar player, bass player talking about how they used to be in this punk band and they're playing these, you know, crappy songs. And um she had like a uh what I guess one of those like things where the, the song just came to me. Oh, it was Charlotte Charlotte Caffey, I believe, was the uh, which because she was the early kind of catalyst for that. Uh, uh, what was the uh, uh, we got the beat? We got yeah, the beat. Yeah, song. yeah, yeah. And I thought it was really interesting how she's like, and I just wrote this song, and she's like, I know we were into punk, and I felt like the gar- the girls were gonna make fun of me, but then I, you know, I just I, it was a super catchy you know song and i'm like gosh how could you not it was that presented opening track that and it was this riff wait uh see the girls walking that's cool man yeah it is yeah it's like how can you just be so afraid and then i was really surprised that they're like like yeah we're you know they're all these these punk girls and they're like yeah we like that <laughs> yeah you know how can you not yeah it is it's so, bouncy so it's cool. that that uh, Heck so yeah. yeah this this doc to me what i liked about it, it it was a before the idea of what selling out was right before like you have lookout records and that whole thing with like green day which really kind of crests that wave of being like what a sellout is and how you know, you lose a fan base, but you gain a bigger fan base. But, you know, before that, you see a band internally struggling with members being like, no, I don't want to do I don't. Yeah, those songs sell. And so we're trying to replicate that with other popular songs. But I don't want to go that way. 
You know, mm-hmm. that one that one of the founding members was kicked out. You know, she and want to be a pop band. She wanted to be a yeah. punker. And she was the one yeah. who was into punk fashion and was, you know, she dressed like, you know, the early UK uh punk scene people. And she's like, I don't want it. It's too polished, it's too this, it's too poppy. But the rest of the girls were like, Well, we wanna we wanna be heard more. We wanna sell records. And see, here here's the thing, dude. I don't, I don't buy into that whole, that, that whole term of selling out. I think that whole thing is just total bullshit. Yeah. Uh, you know, so wait, Jay, you're, only... you're telling me that you're going to go to the record store and you're going to give them all the, all your money. <laughs> well, here's the thing though, as far as like, like bands selling out, I just think it's awfully pretentious as a fan to sit there and say, okay, so you can even say, for example, you know, Green Day you know, with, with Kerplunk and with Dookie, in my opinion, Dookie and Kerplunk were just like a natural progression. Um, you know, you, you can't sit there and say, oh, they sold it. They sold. It's like, they're the same band, dude. Yeah. You know, it's the same band. What, you know, how, as a, as, as, you know, like you were telling me before about business models, isn't it a doomed business model to sit there and say, no, from now on, we're only going to play you know, 50 seat clubs and not want to be known. It's like, dude, <clears throat> who wouldn't rather do what you love, which is playing music rather than going and flipping burgers for it's living. It's about making it sustainable. It's about making what you do right. sustainable. And it's also, you're right. improving as musicians and you're finding your sound. It would be like, as I let's take my career as a teacher, you know, like you fucking suck at teaching your first like six years. People say two years. It's really like six <laughs> or eight years. Some people suck forever. But it would be like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going to teach the same way I taught the first two years because that's when it was pure. That's when yeah. I was, I wasn't bogged down by the bureaucracy of teaching. I, you know, uh, I, my, I'm keeping my original joy. No, it would be shitty. All these, I would be, I'd be raising a generation of shitty kids in the same way. We wouldn't have gotten these dope, some of these dope hits on here. I mean, the Go-Go's are poppy, but they came up with some cool shit. We got the beat. Our lips are sealed. Vacation. You can say what you want about vacation, but it's still a pretty catchy fucking dope song. Heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, any of this, I mean, you know, if the Beatles had only stayed, just stayed in clubs, you know, how many, how many, you know, they would have gotten stabbed in Hamburg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many bands did that influence and in playing on Ed Sullivan? You know, yeah. it's yeah. that whole Yeah. The sellout thing is, is just, it's, it's, we should have a whole set on sellout. So I won't that's get what too I was thinking, dude. Yeah. That's exactly what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah, we should have a whole thing on, on sellout. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll stop talking about it then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could but do a anyway, whole episode on like sellout albums where the album that people thought people sold out on, you know? Oh, dude, I got a good... Dude, got you could have a whole one. podcast on sellouts. Let's talk, out, uh, let's talk <laughs> off air. <laughs> I got a perfect one of that, dude. Um. So anyway, the Go-Go's. I remember the go-go's um you know that whole frenzy they were talking about it's like i told remember i was telling you i was hooked on mtv when i was a kid i remember all that i remember when people were just going crazy about them and and, um and it's it's really weird how they can sit there and 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 do these interviews and stuff and just be totally pissed at each other yeah you know that's the thing that was also really interesting they're like sitting there going yeah we just had a screaming match 
30 seconds before we came on camera and they're like we're sisters yeah. we, we got the beat yeah <laughs> like dude that's pretty hard uh it also the 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 doc leans heavily into their excess which i loved uh, more so uh, than the other docs uh uh joan jet doc jock yeah uh, joan jet doc oh that's that might be a new drama warm-up for me joan jet doc joan jet doc <laughs> joan jet doc um is uh is they like they, they i don't know if it was an attempt to make them like an edgier band it seemed like this doc was an i like kind of like a retooling of history to be like hey no we were edgy i i don't think it was like a retooling of it but it's something they wanted to it's when they talk about their excess, they're almost kind of proud of it and being like, we were the original rebel girls, which we're going to talk about here in a, a little bit. Uh, but the idea of them being like snorting a bunch of drugs, uh, boozing all the time, sleeping with a bunch of guys. A lot of their photos are like of them passed out on beds or, you know, drinking excessively. There was this really touching part where one of the girls has like uh, the drummer, uh, one second here. Mm -hmm. The drummer, uh, who's I really like, Gina Shock, uh, Shock or S C H O C K, I believe it, maybe Shock, Shock. Uh, yeah. she, I believe it was a drummer, had the uh, brain or, or heart thing. It was, uh, maybe it was heart or a heart or brain thing. And she had to go in the hospital. So they all went to Palm Springs for the weekend and they brought all these drugs in the car. And they're like, you can only do mushrooms. You can't yeah, do any yeah, more. Yeah. It was hard. It was hard. And so that was a really cool. And then they, you know, it ends with them trying to make music. Uh, you, you see them sitting around trying to write music and the song they're trying to write is shit. Uh, I know, dude. It's shit. I but like, I mean, that that happens with with, you know, people in their 60s trying to write, you know, punk rock songs or, or uh, you know, rock and roll songs. I mean, it's it does have an expiration date, I think, rock and roll. Um, and, it's interesting you said and it that. should it should i think it i think it it should be it should encap it should be like a a perfume or uh, uh that is it does have an expiration that you can't keep a perfume or a cologne for more than like a year and expect it to have its same potency i feel like that is the beauty of it is that these are things that only can bloom under the right conditions for a certain amount of time uh in its prime state and i think that's i think that's beautiful about i think that's what makes it art you know it, it extends to yeah. you know painters and and writers and you know there are a few exceptions but generally um there is a a bloom to the, all these things and the go-go's certainly had it for a few years in the 80s yeah you know uh, i remember uh win butler from arcade fire said uh, the interviewer asked him this was years ago <clears throat> interview at, interviewer asked him, you know, oh i thought you said you UBC. asked him you were like no. i asked him <laughs> no i don't know are you kidding you could have done that I'm when the, with the audio animation <laughs> yeah yeah not that big dude but anyway so they asked him um how do you see where do you see yourself in, in years and he's like i'm not going to do music he's like rock and roll is a young man's game <clears throat> and that dude caught so much crap for that comment but what you said is, I mean, I kind of unless agree. you're Bob Dylan and you get to write a song about Santa Claus, you know, like in your 60s, who's got a man with a cherry nose? Who's got a man with a cherry <laughs> nose? <laughs> Listen to our Christmas playlist for that jam. Boom, nailed it. All right, Jay, I'm gonna let you introduce yeah. our last uh, rock doc here. Okay, 
So the last thing we're going to be talking about here is um, the 2013 uh, documentary about Kathleen Hanna, who uh, was the, the singer of a band called uh, Bikini Kill in the nineties and then um, La Tigre in the, the two thousands. Um, gosh. And then she, Oh, and the, um, gosh, she had another band the Julie, uh, Juliana, Juliana theory. I don't remember. Anyway. Um, yeah. This, this uh, documentary is about her called the punk singer. And um, it, this one is kind of, I, so I was I was never really a Bikini Kill fan when they were around. I remember them being around, and I remember them uh, catching a lot of crap for being um, such a like a lightning rod of for feminism uh, back then. Um, the, the them and the whole Olympia Washington, you know, scene. And a lot of, you know, it's like, it was weird. It's like you either loved Bikini Kill or you hated Bikini Kill. It's like there wasn't really a, a thing. And honestly, like, I, I, I liked th- who they were, but I wasn't really a big fan about any of their music. You know, now I look, I'm like, oh, I guess Rebel Girl was cool song. And uh, there was another one. But when they were out, I, I was never much of a fan. Were you? No. Um, no. Nah. Nah, uh, I this was this. I'm glad we're talking about this last because this is my most controversial. Um, <laughs> with oh God, this, I don't even know what I can say. About do it, Travis. Kathleen. I'm gonna take do it. it I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Take it all off. All right, take it off. Take it off the gloves. Kathleen Hannah. Um, this was I watched this last night. I watched mm-hmm. this doc last night. Um, fresh, fresh, fresh. And I went into it being like, okay, let's let's see, you know, you, you know, so I I didn't know that many bikini kill songs. I heard them in like friends' cars, and I'd be like, oh, at least you're listening to something that's not fucking Backstreet Boys or or you know whatever it is. You know, <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I was in high school like in the late '90s, Jay. So uh, anyone who you know, it's not Limp Bizkit, so you get some credit for that you know, <laughs> in your car. But um. And then, of course, you know, the, you know, the musicians that she's had relationships with, you know, you, you in the punk rock scene, you get to hear those kind of underdwellings. But I, I went in this doc, I was up and down. I went from being like, oh, man, I really don't like what Kathleen Hanna is uh, using her platform for. I, here's my thing. I guess I guess what I'm saying is this. I, I, I have kind of issues with the term feminism in general. Um, uh-huh. As far as feminism is, we call it waves of feminism. And that's a, a media um, uh, creation and an attempt to tie any kind of politics that deal with women to the original, like, suffragettes. You know, so it's like, okay, we have these four phases of fe- feminism and they're different in their ways of going about it, but they all have this core value to it. They're trying to wrap things up in a neat little bow, and in doing so, um, they, I think they make false connections. And I'm okay with the media doing this, because that's what media does. They like to create categories, waves of things, in the sense that it has, it all comes from the same source, like a wave. 
it all comes from the ocean and all and then it all always has a crest and then it always falls right so you have builds crest falls so i understand the analogy and it's a great one for media to package things uh third second wave uh new wave I mean, even that genre itself, new wave punk, right? You know, uh, the sense of this is a new wave or whatever it is. However, Kathleen Hanna's insistence on that she is a feminist and her hinging of her identity and her music and all her ideals on this idea of feminism, because that would have been third wave, because she gets credit for basically being the roots of third wave feminism. Oh, yeah. Where we're looking at where feminism, you know, and suffragettes, and, and then we become the civil rights, and then third wave is the individualism. It's that, hey, we believe in these women equality and women rights, but also that women are individuals and they can approach us however they want. And so she's like, I'm a feminist and I choose to be sexy but vulgar. And, you know, uh, there are scenes where she's talking about, you know, uh, rape and she is very honest about later being like you know my dad was maybe an absentee dad but he wasn't an abusive dad and he wasn't sexually abusive but you know she that I don't know I, I feel that to me 13 year old me would have been like it's a fucking poser like uh -huh. I'm like you're, you're taking on this veil of and I know it's a fucking overused term stuff like that but in the sense I felt like you're hinging your whole identity and your music career, not around the music, but around this political message. Uh, and in some ways that comes from a little bit more, it kind of reminds me of Patti Smith in some ways. In uh, in some of the issues I do have with Patti Smith is, I don't even want to, oh, this is so tough, Jay. Uh, I don't know if I want to make that connection to Patti Smith because I feel like that waters down Patty, what Patti Smith was doing as, as coming out of a artistic movement as opposed to her coming out of a political movement. And I don't like art necessarily that comes out of a political movement that is so rooted in a political movement where we're using punk rock as a, as a um, ornamentation to talk about politics. I like punk rock as a expression of internal passion Okay. In sloppy ways, as opposed to like, hmm, I have stuff to say. What's my best vehicle for it? Well, people like this punk rock thing. Let me jump into that. I think I, could, I, think I can do that. Am I making any sense here, Jay? Or am I just yeah, like yeah. tiptoeing around? No, I mean, I, you are making sense, but, uh, well, not but. but you don't yeah, you are necessarily making... agree with all that. I get, I get it, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, uh, I, I, I see where you're coming from. Um, I, okay, so... Like I said, I was not a huge Bikini Kill fan, and not just because you know I didn't agree with their politics, just their music was just never seemed that great to me. It just always seemed like really sloppy and kind of crappy. But um, I actually liked I, her solo stuff in between her bands better than I liked Bikini Kill stuff, like the Latigre, uh, like Latigre before Latigre when she was doing like the home recordings. Oh, so, uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, you said you it'd been a while since you watched the doc. They talk about that. Yeah. And they played some of those tracks, and I was like, ooh, I kind of like this. Oh. Um, so, yeah, so I was, I didn't know much about her. I just saw it. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting documentary. And I was watching it, and I was really surprised about, like, how much I, I kind of liked her. 
as a person mm. um she didn't seem like so like angry you know she and, and i thought it was really cool that she liked like bands like the clash and yeah. she liked yeah old school punk stuff and i'm like oh I can kind of hear that in some of their songs now, you know. Well, that's the thing I, I struggle with too. Like I said, I was as a roller coaster because at the beginning of the doc, I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm not gonna like this person. And then, like, she was very upfront about later about you know, like when she talks in the interview about like, no, I, my dad wasn't this person. People said that, and that really kind of bothered me that people put that on me and, and stuff like that. The later uh, Kathleen Hanna talks about the nineties Kathleen Hannah in a way that I, I appreciate. And she seems to have kind of wrapped her, her head around it, but that young Kathleen Hannah and you know, do you know, Evergreen college, you know, they talk a lot about that in the beginning of the doc. Uh-huh. I noticed people went to Evergreen. Evergreen is probably oh. the most liberal university in the United States, if not the world. And when she immediately was like, oh, I went to Evergreen college and I became this thing. And I'm like, of course, of course. Everyone who goes to Evergreen College becomes a Kathleen Hanna. I mean, that's what they produce. I mean, you went into, and that's another thing too, you went into this factory educational system that it's still upper level education, and that's what they produce. They produce, they give you the freedom to be like, no, uh, you know, make spray paint a vagina on the wall, but instead of spray paint, you're putting your period blood in the bottle. And like, <laughs> and you can do that in the student union, and we'll call it like, it's good stuff. You know, um, so, you know, but I like, you're right. I, I did struggle with it because as the doc went on, I did like, I, I started to like her more. There are moments where I liked her more than other moments. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, oh Julie Ruin was the other band that she was in. I couldn't think. I thought it was a oh, Julianne Theory. that one. Yeah. Julianne yeah, Julie Ruin. Ruin. Julianne Theory is if like you like chapstick and making out with girls in cars. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, I was surprised about that, but um, her, you know, the okay, so the message that her band was was most known for, I always kind of felt like, well, she created um, the Rebel Girl movement with that, you know, yeah, the, the right, the, yeah, the right, girl. right girl with the the extra R's, and I do like how they 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 were like, we don't want to commodify it, like you can use that term and bring whatever you want to it. We're not saying that there. They didn't set rules to it. Like you might like suicide girls, right? It was like, okay, you, know, you have to have tattoos. You have to have this. You have to have things like this. You <laughs> have to listen to this music. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Riot Girls are like, no, it's just like, it's, it's, it is that third wave feminism where it's just like, being a Riot Girl is just like, I'm bringing my own personal politics and beliefs into what I do. And those might be completely different than the riot girl over here to my right who says that she's also a riot girl. There uh -huh. wasn't a set of rules to it. And I really like this, the fact that she didn't create a fad that had rules to it, like straight edge. Yeah, or even like, I mean, even punk itself. Yeah. I mean, geez. but I mean, one of the things that I, I always looked at, the way I always approached that whole scene was, you know, I get... <clears throat> I mean, just the, the things I've heard of interviewing, um, like I, I interviewed this this all girl punk band from Phoenix here called the Venomous Pinks, and we Good talked name. about we talked about sexism, and they're even the things that are like you'd be surprised, dude. Like you'd be surprised about the crap we go through even now, you know? Yeah, it, it, it's it's they're, they're like some you know sometimes we think it's like what decade is this, 
you know, and, and there's a lot of frustration and anger in just that. And I always felt like with the whole riot girl thing, I'm like, I kind of, it's, it's not, sometimes I feel like it's not really my place to have an opinion oh. because I, I, I kind of don't go through. I don't, I don't understand their pain kind of thing, you know? So I'm like, so I just kind of like, was like, well, that's their thing. I, I don't really What well, you said there about like the idea of that interview, it reminds me of, it's a Tim Armstrong song. I'm not sure if it's transplants or rancid or whatever it is, but he was like, you're selling sexism. You're selling racism. You're selling anything. You get your fucking hands on, uh, you know? And like that, that sense of what, like you're using your music to sell an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, California fall into oh is California fall into the fucking ocean the California fall in the fucking ocean that I I think that's what the song is called it's definitely the chorus of the song but um uh, I love that I remember that that those lyrics coming out so strong you're selling sexism you're selling racism you're selling anything you can get your fucking hands on it's just like you're looking at a movement as a commodity and I think older Kathleen Hanna is much better about looking and being honest with herself about maybe not what her intentions were, but about how it was perceived in that way. Yeah. 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 I get it. I, I never got that from bikini kill. Um, but maybe some of like the other, I don't know, the bands that came afterwards are kind of like hinging their, like hooking their coattails. So we talked about this. Uh, I think last episode we talked about like, uh, you know, could you date a, a, a female rock musician? Um, you know, Kathleen Hanna famously dated some, you know, uh, you know, she was involved with Kurt Cobain. She was involved with um, uh, one of the, is it Mike D, Beastie Boys? Um, Ad Rock. Ad Rock. Ad Rock. Um, and first of all, Kurt Cobain and Ad Rock, love them. Love them both musicians. Don't get me wrong. Would not want to be friends with them. Seem no. like, like, no way. like fucking kind of. <clears throat> assholes uh and, and I, I that's one thing i kind of thought was weird it's like i kind of like he came off kind of like arrogant well you know? i always thought ad rock is my favorite beastie boy uh but also the one that is all in interviews is the most flippant and the most like kind of full of himself Dark, like, yeah 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 snarky. like he's very self-absorbed and then kirk Cobain, i tell you what i could not be friends with that guy he is just this yeah, uh, yeah. I, the I, dude, we're supposed to meet at Dunkin' Donuts like two hours ago. Yeah, and it's just like <laughs> talk about like white knight syndrome. Uh, Kirk Cobain. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like she's like Kirk Cobain is the one who understood me. I'm like Kirk Cobain wanted to get laid, sweetheart. So <laughs> 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 or maybe not. Or maybe he was just so. I, I I don't I don't. We're getting off track here, but yeah. I mean, it was it was. I like the track though. It was. Uh, <laughs> I, it wasn't, it, it's not a doc that I would have like, oh, finally a Bikini Kills Kathleen Hanna doc. But at the same right. time, I found myself fully absorbed in it. And I found myself thinking the most, because this challenged me the most. The Susie Quattro one, the Joan Jett one, the Go-Go's one, they surprised me in moments, but they they just kind of basically solidified for me the image that I, I kind of had of them with a few surprises yeah. here and there. And this the uh, Kathleen Hanna one was one that I found myself cringing a little bit when I was watching and then questioning why I was qu- cringing and then trying to do an objective view of like, am I wrong or is she wrong? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, really looking at that and being like, why is this upset me? And if it upsets me, maybe l- look at like, are those values that upset me? Are those right for me to have? Or do I need to mm-hmm. look at this underneath a uh, view? So when I say roller coaster, it was a real roller coaster because I think it really kind of challenged me. And also as someone who appreciates people trying new things and, and putting it out there and, and being eccentric and being, you know, assertive and being punk rock. Why are, why is this, why are some of the things she's doing bothering me or I'm cringing against? And so I still don't know the, I just watched it last night. I still don't know why, but it was definitely the most challenging for me, uh, not to get through, but to absorb. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll have to get back to that when you have like some, some more time to chew on that. <laughs> back on back on the couch again for you, Travis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I mean this is why we do this, man. Like we uh, we get to watch stuff that challenges us. Some of the stuff we we do is just like this is cool and we want to talk about it. And some of it's like, how do you feel about this? Yeah, so, yeah, that's well, that's interesting. Well, wh- I would have liked to have actually have seen um, kind of something more Louis about the whole kill rock stars uh, scene, you know, as opposed to just focusing on Bikini Kill, you know, something on Bratmobile and yeah, this you know, was the- a you know, it's the Kathleen. Ha- it's called Punk Singer. It's not called Bikini yeah. Kill, you know, right, right. So. But I mean, you know, that she's. I mean, her 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 story is pretty interesting too. I mean, she's had a lot, a long career in music. I like her. I have, le- I'm, I, I have less harsh feelings about her than I do Courtney love, but I like more Courtney love songs than I like bikini kill songs uh, or Kathleen uh, Hanna songs. So yeah. Jay, I want to end this today. We've talked about Susie Quattro. We've talked about Joan yes. Jett. We talked about the go-go's. Uh-huh. We talked about uh-huh. Kathleen Hanna. So uh-huh. at the end we have, one more set before we do the fourth set of this, which is coming with our playlist. Now we've mm. already established that our Patty Smith song is Gloria. Cause mm. we're going to include one. So we need a Susie Quattro song. <sighs> now I have a suggestion. Okay. I've always really liked wild one. Okay. By Susie Quattro. What are your feelings uh, on that one? Let me. Do you need me to play a little snippet of it here? I, I've heard. I remember a wild one. So, uh, well, let me let me uh, let me give you some options of Susie Quattro songs. I think that would uh, possibly make the list. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, can the can obviously is a big one, but not in her like Spotify's the third on her Spotify list. Stumbling in is number one. If you can't give me love, number two. Some of our more disco stuff. Devil Devilgate Drive is up there for me. I might put that as a uh, uh, a close second. You know, not in the top five. Wild one, which was very surprising to me. Hmm. Um. Personally, I I like Forty Eight Crash. Forty Eight Crash. All right. I, I could probably compromise on Forty Eight Crash because that would be in my top three Susie Quattro songs. 48 and I like Glycerin Queen. Glycerin Queen. It's, it's basically 48 Crash. Kind Glycerin. Of <laughs> don't let the days go by. Okay, 48 Crash. <laughs> okay, let me put Patty Smith Glory before I forget. Not not Bush. 
Um, all right, so we compromised on that one. Because uh, I would do that one. I still think... Wow, one. Be someone in here I am! I like... Uh, I don't know. That's a good one, too. That's a good one, too. I do like wow. I love the... This one. I can take the knocks. I'm a hammer from hell. All right, but we're going for day crash. So, um... Well, listen, well, I'm going to save that for when we listen to it on the playlist track. All right. Now we need a Joan Jett song. Oh. We both okay. said, I can't even, I feel like we both said like Bad Reputation, although you hear a lot. Less than um, uh, I Love Rock and Roll, but I, I feel like maybe Bad Reputation? Um, we can... I know you hate to go with the obvious choices, but you got to pick a Joan yeah. Jett song that represents Joan Jett. Honestly, like f- for me, it'd probably be um, Cherry Bomb. Uh, I love rock and roll. I love rock and roll. That, that's kind of what I'll make that to me. That, I love. That's... Got it. I, I we I talked about it earlier, uh, so it has a little bit of backstory about like I want to be the sub in that song, so I will take that. <laughs> Okay, the Go Go's. Um, so I I'm really well. What do you think? What do you? I'm, I feel like I'm monopolizing these. No, 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 no. I think I feel like I, I'm just putting out my favorite, and your and your favorite is like my second or third, and I feel like my favorite might be your second or third. So we're just kind of compromising on it. Um. I know it's kind of more the popular one. I do like Our Lips Are Sealed. I, I know I know it's mall rock. But I I don't know. I, I, I kind of like it. I feel like we got the beat is too much. And I feel like Vacation too is too... And this feels like good 80s like female... Like I could put the top down in the convertible... And cruise to our, <laughs> our lips. Are, is it, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Lips, so, okay. what do you think of "Can't Stop the World"? Do I can't stop the world? It's like the very. I think it's the very last song on that LP. Hold on. Play a little bit of it. Can't stop. Okay, Come on, here we go. Spotify. Got it. Oh yeah, this yeah, this has got the better. This has got the more punk rock bassy. All right. You win again, Jay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're right. This is a better song. I'll let you pick the Kathleen Hanna song. No! That's the one I was going to... I was like... I was going to say, Jay, I don't give a fuck what you pick for, for fucking Kathleen <laughs> Hanna. Um, <laughs> or I almost, we, we don't, I don't... I don't know enough of their catalog to honestly pick a... a uh, dude, I don't either. So we're going to go Rebel Girl? In well. homage to our original title for this uh, set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Those you you'll be able to find those on the final playlist along with Patty Smith's Gloria, and then of course our seven original uh, tracks that we're going to bring in that I'm already compiling. To. I think I'm going to come up with this one fast, Jay. I think this Could is going to take I, me. I think I could probably send this to you before we even finish the next episode. My oh, my see, thing. I. There's so many again. There's so many ways to to like go about this to, to you know 
it's almost like, well, what planet of a, what concept do I have these? Do I just go all girl? Or do I go, do I start from, you know, early like Shangri-Las? I've already, I've already, I've already picked like one, two, three, maybe four. I have three saw for sure that are making it. And I have a, a fourth that will probably make it, but it could, if I overload it, be removed. Mm, so make it, make, make it scrappy dude, huh? Yep. Well, hmm. yeah. See, I got, I got too many and I'm like, I got to narrow it down, but how do I narrow it down? No. Do I stay punk? Do I stay rock? Do I stay? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you got, not to see how it shakes out. You got a little bit of time, Jay, because up next, before we get to our playlist, what, what movie are we doing? You know, we always got to do a movie and you, and you uh, came up with a, a good one that I have not seen and I have not seen yet. I'm going to watch that this next week. So what are we, what are we watching? So um, the movie I was thinking about doing is, or I, I presented to Travis is called, yeah, we're going to do it. Um, Okay, cool. It's called uh, Ladies and Gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains. And believe it or not, um, I... Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I never thought I could be something. <laughs> Greatest American hero. Um, I just stumbled on this. It was like on like cable TV, like back in like, you know, I don't even remember. I, I was... Sh- I don't remember how old I was, but I just watched. I, I didn't catch it from the beginning. I caught it from like, I watched three fourths of it, and I'm like, that was awesome. Okay. And like, uh, and and then I just found it, uh, one like a, like a bootleg VHS somewhere, and I had that, and so yeah, I just remember it was a great movie, and, and I was like, that it's like. Everything that, that people talk about punk rock and like Travis and I were talking about selling out, it all becomes clear watching this. <laughs> um, all right. This is, yeah, this will be the, the polarizing piece. Say, right say the title again so people, if they want to listen to it can, or watch it, can do it before the next step. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's called, um, ladies and gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains. And it, it came out in 1982 and it stars uh, Diane Lane who seems like she's like a lot of cool stuff. I like that. Back then. Yeah, me too. And it also has like, uh, like three fourths of the professionals and it has my, my favorite dressed punk rocker, Paul Simonon in it. Uh, Simonon in it. Oh, Simonon in it. Ooh, Paul Simon on a Simeon. Oh, Paul Simon on a Simeon. That's not so good. With Gene Simmons. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So, Catch it if you can. And All right. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous stains. Ladies and gentlemen, the end of our episode. This has been uh, Pop Bonsai second set of the Girls o- Ladies of Rock set. And Jay and I will catch you on the next Pop Wave. Bonsai!